Welcome to Quality. Finally, good. We are here. Quality's back like we never left. We have another special guest. Wow, that was bars. I'm full of them. I'm full of them. Y'all just, y'all just, y'all just keep waiting. Y'all keep waiting. We fixed the echo. We got it sounding good in here. I can talk into my mic. I can hear myself. I am Joshua Prophet. I'm here to to guide you on your quality journey to a quality life. I'm joined by my girlfriend, Kenya McIntosh. You can check all the socials down there. And we got a special guest. Some people call him Big Cat. Some people call him Mr. UNG. Actually, nobody calls him that. (laughs) (laughs) He's a cool guy. Um, He's one of my best friends. Andres Perez. Say hi to the people, Andres. What up, what up? Hola. Hey. Que pasa? (laughs) Que pasa, mi amigo? So, we got a great show lined up for you today. As you can tell, got a special guest, Andres. And we're just about to, got the tea, tea brewing. This tea's hot, burning my mouth. I'm not sure. Your coaster's stuck. I know. (laughs) But yeah, we're about to have fun. We're about to get to know Andres. He's going to cover, you know, a little bit about his life. We're going to get into, you know, just what has gotten him to his point, how he's able to be successful in sports, what his relationship with God has been like. You saw the intro. So without further ado, well, let, let's, let's let him introduce himself. Let's, so who are you, Andres? Like, give, give an elevator pitch about yourself. Yikes. This is, you're going to tell me, have me pitch myself here. Um, no, so I'm, my name is Andres Perez, born and raised here in the A. Uh, my family is originally from Venezuela. Always got it on me. Yeah. Um, so I'm first generation here in the states. Um, did a lot of things. You know, have done a lot of things, but baseball, sports has always been like the forefront of it all. Um, where I got the the chance to meet people like you, Joshua Prophet, um, <laughs> up at school, and have a lot of cool little relationships throughout my life. Um, and a lot of cool experiences. So um, filled with a lot of cool stories, good good memories, good times, and um, big foodie too. I love food. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, we do, <laughs> too. We do, too. Big we do, booty. too. And uh, we want to thank you for coming on and wanting to be a guest. Uh, our mission here at Quality is we want to empower you, empower people to aim for higher purpose in their faith and beyond. And I think that really aligns with Andres when you really get to know him um, through this podcast. But that, that's that's what we're here to do. And like I said, we're here having a quality time, trying to get you to have a quality life so let's jump into our first topic all right if you had to pick a song a movie a book to describe where you are in life right now what would it be okay so i'm not gonna lie to you this is like the toughest question i think anybody can ever ask me (laughs) um i'm so just to to pre-base it all of it i am starting to get into books audiobooks specifically Mm -hmm. but not traditionally haven't been very big in the books so that's kind of initially off the topic off the uh, off the list um movies i love movies i just don't spend a lot of times doing it what i do spend a lot of time on is music more specifically anybody that knows me knows that i'm a big drake guy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> drizzy like drake the biggest. um so when i was asked this question i was like i have to mm-hmm 
Um, so this is a long introduction, all to say that I narrowed it down to like two or three. Two of them are Drake, one of them isn't. So I'll start with the non-Drake one for, you know, <laughs> your uncle Drake's line. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so the non-Drake one is Time of Our Lives by Pitbull and Neo. Okay. Now, okay. That's a the good whole one. song is like, it's pretty exciting. It's like a nice, like upbeat, like party type of song. But specifically in like the, the last like minute of it, there's a lyric that I've been using like in my life for the past like year, two years. And it says, um, every day above ground is a great day. Remember that. Mm. So that's yeah. kind of like a small thing. But if I had to do a huge full song, I would probably do Over um, by Drake. Because mm -hmm. um, I've in this new stage of mine um, where a lot of people that I didn't know that I haven't known. And it says in a song, there's a lot of people in here that I didn't know last year. Who are you? Um, <laughs> so that's kind of that. And then I feel like I've been everywhere. <laughs> past, not not necessarily the past few nights. Yeah. Um, but over the course of, of like the last couple of months, I feel like I've done a lot, been a lot, seen mm -hmm. a lot of places and met a lot of cool people. Um, and then there's a few lyrics throughout there um, that kind of have related to me. If you want me to dive into those as well. Gotcha. No, I like it. I like it. That's a that's a great answer. And I guess I'm going to ask you, well, I was going to ask you, like, what was your favorite Drake song? And then you totally pivoted to, <laughs> oh, this is, these are my favorite Drake songs. So, but what I will ask you is, you know, the podcast um, or the audiobook question, excuse me, because oh, yeah. you said you were getting into audiobooks. Like, what's kind of been like your audiobook experience and, you know, what, 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 books, you like? yeah, what books are you reading? Yeah, so I'm I'm very much more on like the nonfictional like I don't know if motivational is the right word to look right word to say, um, mm -hmm. but it, it kind of all started just because I was like, kind of like a weird little headspace, and I just figured I'd try to do something to kind of get out of that. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to, to somebody that I work with, and he was kind of talking about how there's a few that kind of helped him a lot. Um, more specifically, by the author named Tim Grover. Um, okay. So a lot of people know him more specifically for being Michael Jordan's personal trainer. Um, and then he, he had a pretty big role in uh, The Last Dance. But then he's also come out with a few few books. The first one I started was Relentless, or the first one I read or heard, I guess, but um, is Relentless, which is you, know, you just have to be relentless to win, to, to kind of get that drive to uh, be successful, motivate, and kind of be that person. Um, and then I, I listened to Winning by him as well, which mm -hmm. about winning, obviously, like <laughs> what it takes to be a winner, what it takes to succeed and, and be that person as well. And now I'm currently listening to Can't Be Hurt by, um, what's that guy's name? Hold on. Can't Be Broken, maybe. Are you frozen? Oh, he actually is frozen. Andres? Oh. <laughs> there we go. Oh, there we you, go. Okay. Who was it? <laughs> yeah, sorry. So I'm listening to or reading, listening to a book called Can't Hurt Me mm -hmm. by David Goggins. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. David Goggins. about mental yeah. fortitude. Uh, mm -hmm. mental strength and kind of just like controlling your mind 
right. uh, which is something that I've, I've, you know, kind of discovered on surface level, kind of something that I've had to struggle with over the past couple of years. So, uh, right. so I'm definitely a good, a good book. And I'm, I'm only like a, a, a chapter two in, so I'm, I'm so, I'm excited to finish it. I like it. I like it. No, that's good. I yeah, I've, I've uh, I haven't read "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins, but I've um, seen him on another podcast called Impact Theory, and um, he was very inspirational. Like the dude, like was literally running. I forgot how long. It, maybe it was like a marathon or something. But like literally, like broke his toe, and he just kept running. And like his his mental fortitude is unmatched. Like it's it's ridiculous, and the stuff that he's been through in his life it's been crazy so i haven't read his book but i i definitely know a little bit about his story and i've watched a couple of videos on him um but real oh also the follow-up question so you said you like to listen to audiobooks as opposed to like read an actual book so is there is there a specific reason why you don't like read the physical copy or is it like is it like time or what, what's what's the um, deal there i've always I'll, I'll i'll be honest i think every time I've read a book in the past, it's always, I've always been like very bored and like borderline falling asleep just cause I, it's hard for me to focus on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with, with audiobooks, I can listen to it while I'm driving, you know, to work from work or just what I typically do is just listen to it while I'm getting ready in the morning. Um, while I'm getting changed, while I, you know, after I eat breakfast, I'm kind of going through everything. I just put it in the background and I obviously like I focus in on it, but like mm-hmm. I, I continue to do my daily routine. Um, and to kind of have that, and then obviously stuff you hear stuff, and it's like, whoa, that's good. Let me let me rewind that. Let me let me bookmark it. Whatever you can do on audiobooks now, it's pretty cool. Right. Um, so it's honestly just convenience, convenience, and it, it kind of I can hear the fluctuation of the narrator's voice. Whoever narrates this one's actually pretty good. Um, the way he puts like certain emphasis on certain words, yeah. and stuff like that. Kind of like I don't know. It kind of puts it puts the the book more to life, in my opinion. I mean, that's just personal preference, of course, but um, that's something that I like about it. No, I agree. I agree. And I also have like Audible as well. Or I'm not, is that yeah, what you listen it. to? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Audible. I was yeah, thinking Audible. Audible. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm not stalking you, I promise. But um, yeah. yeah, I have Audible and um, I like listening to it. One, and I think uh, we're kind of similar because we both love music. And so it's just like a natural transition to listen to, you know, consume content. Like even on YouTube, there's some YouTube videos that aren't even podcasts. Um, that I'll just listen to because it's I just get a kick out of just listening to the content. I don't necessarily have to be like seeing the content. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 just the way we consume music. So I think it, that was an interesting link from, you know, you being really passionate about music and the fact that you don't necessarily read books, but you consume them through, you know, audio. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. For me, personally, I prefer a book. Yeah, she is definitely the opposite. I love books. I love them so much. And I just like the physicalness of it. I like that I can write little notes on the side of it, whatever the case may be. I can highlight, like, yeah, team books. I would love to be able to be into books. I just, well, hopefully one day I will be, but it's taken, well, I haven't tried to read a book in a while, so that's shame on me, but. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm too ADHD to. Like, unless it's like a book that we're reading together and I'm like kind of engaging with another person while reading the book. Like if I'm just sitting, it's hard for me to just kind of get through it without falling asleep. So that's why, like, I read the Bible every morning and I only read one chapter because if I read past that, 
I mean, if I'm feeling lucky, I might read more. But if I read past a chapter, generally, it's just like, <laughs> like I just, you know. But I can listen to it all day, and so generally, yeah. I'll always have some like form of Christian content, um, whether it's like commentary on something or you know the audiobook of the Bible playing um, during the day. So yeah, right. but I love it. I love it, and I think that's gonna lead us into our second question pretty well. What role has sports played in your everyday life? Sheesh. Um, I think it's played a tremendous, tremendous role. Um, I, so I started playing baseball at the age of three, um, like, or, you know, organized baseball. It is. I, I, one of the first pictures I have is me with the bat in my, in my, uh, what's it called? The, where you put the babies in? Crib. Crib. Yeah. I had a bat <laughs> in my crib with me. Yeah, um, that's like one of my earliest pictures. And um, so I don't know, I think I think teamwork, I think being dedicated and committed to, to something and to, to working hard for it um, is something that I've taken with me now that I've like escaped that realm of my life and transferred into, you know, the business world. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people that don't really work hard, don't really have that accountability. And that's something that you have to have um, in all sports, especially in team sports, because uh, obviously you're working all together to get to the final, the championship, the game winner, whatever it is. Um, and you have to be able to hold yourself accountable um, right. and hold others accountable as well. Um, so that's just like one of the things as well as like just being able to work with other people, be able to adapt to people that are not like you, um, whether that's interests, passions, like motivation, whatever it is, find what works for, for you and, and other people and use that to get to the common goal that you're looking for. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing I would say is, is help me, um, the impact that sports has had and not to mention of course all the memories the friendships experiences that i've had um which are countless abundant and, and never yeah, ending for real. Like, so. <laughs> i can definitely second that i could definitely second that now can you um just touch on like you said accountability which is like a big word and you know that was one of the big things that north georgia was like gotta be accountable for like all yeah. your actions and everything so just what has that word, like, how has that transitioned into, you know, the business world for you? Like, um, has it been hard to be accountable now that you're more in a corporate role now that you're not playing sports anymore? Um, what does that, what does that look like for you now? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think the biggest thing that I took or not even that I took, but the, the, the biggest, um, the toughest thing for me to, to kind of accept Mm -hmm. when I kind of, move past the sports into the uh, my business corporate world is that the hard work is much different right i'm used to the physical like the grind of getting in the gym mm-hmm. practice all these different things now it's more mental um and a lot of that has to do with accountability um because with the physical side like you can you know you can go and work out and like you check that off but with the mental side of things you can kind of like zone out mm. or like just kind of go through the motions and do something and be like yeah i did it but right. were you really like into it when you were doing that is a real question, right? And that's that's not fair to you, but not obviously not fair to, to the person that you're working with, the company, the organization, the group, whatever you want to call it. Um, and also just just making sure you get your stuff done, mm-hmm. um, especially in like where I'm at now. Like I'm, I'm with people. It's a people's business and I'm, I'm constantly engaging and constantly trying to be that example. And there's no better way to be a positive example. And to show others how to do it if you if you're not accountable to what what it is that you do the actions that you do the ways you carry yourself and, and like the intangibles 
right? That's right. kind of like the big thing. And um, it's funny you bring up Notre Dame. I think one of the things that we always used to laugh at, but it's really true, is like the whole idea of my bad gets you beat. Like, yeah. oh, my bad, my bad. Like, coach, coach would always get really upset <laughs> My bad that. gets but you like, beat. <laughs> and like, we looked at it, like, I think, you know, the, the young, naive, um, young adults would always be like, ah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. But then I've kind of, I've kind of learned to, to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I still say my bad or like, that's on me, whatever. But like, I think part of that is just being accountable and like accepting if you make a mistake, if you're if you're not um, doing what you're supposed to do is to, you know, say it and then prove that, you know, words or actions speak louder than words. If, if you just say that you're sorry, and you don't make a chance and it doesn't matter. But right. if you say you're sorry and you continue to like work to do the right things and get to the right result, regardless of if you get the results or not, that's that speaks volumes, in my opinion. So that's kind of the accountability that I've had and um, that I've gathered from from my experiences on and off the field. I like it. I like it. Good stuff. You have anything to add? No. Yeah. I think uh, with accountability, it's really about uh, a lot of people think it's, you know, more of a mental check off. Okay. I was here for this person, but it's more of like the, the actions, like you were saying, like it's more about you actually taking the steps to do what you said you were. So it's like the accountability coupled with the I word integrity um, because when you when you repeatedly show that you're accountable, then you're forming the characteristic of integrity, and that's that's shaping kind of who you are and what people will know you as, um, and that that's very huge. Uh, as for what I've learned in uh, corporate America, that's very huge. Is if you gotta one, you gotta be accountable, like you said, but then um, when at my old job, enterprise, like one one of the big things that got you promoted was not only your performance, but like your personal brand, which was basically how people talked about you, like how the people in your area, like what did they say about you, you know, to the higher ups or to, you know, just what was the word around? Like everybody has that reputation. Um, And you know, like, okay, like back to sports, you know, oh yeah, that guy's a stud. Like he can hit a ball 400 feet you know, five times out of 10 MVP, and he really has a good glove, but he's, you know, we, we call him douchebags, right? He's, he's not a good person. Like, and what? so, yeah, yeah, she was like, what? <laughs> yeah, but, um, because, yeah, she thinks the douche is another thing, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but he's like a horrible person, right? And so his personal brand or his reputation in baseball, which would equate to, personal brand in corporate America wasn't good. And although you might be good as far as like your ability and your skill set, there's somebody else that's probably just as good, who's more put together, who's going to be more accountable, who's, you know, has that integrity. And so you always got to be mindful of that as you go forward, which is something that I think, you know, sports really teaches you uh, when you're growing up. But even if you don't play sports, like that's just a huge piece that you you got to get down um, if you want to be. I mean, not even in corporate America, just a business professional in general, whether you're like a doctor or whatever you're going to be. So right. yeah, I think it's and good. I, Image think, is a big thing. And I think not even just like corporate or like at work, but like in your everyday life, I think accountability is important because it not only like helps you reach your goals, but it helps other people around you. And you never know how that's going to inspire them. So, so. That's very true. That's very true. And 
We're going to jump into, <laughs> got some snaps for that one. We're going to jump into our third segment here. All right. Can you tell us about your relationship with God and how it came to be? Yes. Um, so very, from the very beginning, um, was raised um, in the faith uh, as a very strong believer. Like, you know, did all, did all, checked off all the boxes. Like I went to church every Sunday. Like I would pray every night, do all those things. Um, kind of like the traditional sense. Uh, I think where my, my relationship with God really picked up was my junior, senior year of high school, when I kind of realized that like there's more to this and just, you know, spending an hour on a Sunday or like 15 minutes a day just praying or whatever, I realized that there's a lot more that we can do, not only from like our personal relationship, but also what we do to spread the word, to be like the ambassadors, the 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 waterfall whatever you want to call it of of our faith mm -hmm. um and then that kind of brought me into college and i had a much bigger platform to to pursue that um more specifically like i think there's this we're a group an organization that we have called fellowship christian athletes that i was really really big into um it, it honestly kind of changed my perception on a lot of things um because it kind of brought it didn't really matter what the religion was what like specific organization was but it focused on the relationship that you would have um, and brought a lot of people from a lot of different perspectives, um, backgrounds, genders, obviously, and races and all that stuff. But like, we were all pursuing our relationship with God and making sure that we were doing everything we could to pursue it personally, but also as a whole and being able to spread that word in outreaches and stuff like that. Um, and that's kind of where I've, I'm at now. Um, I've, I've built a pretty strong relationship, I would say. And now I just want to help others achieve that same thing and, and have us like, Going back to the same word, hold us each accountable to, to making sure that we're we're having a, a, a positive and like actually engaging relationship instead of just make it seem like social media, like oh I I, I pray right, every day, right. I do this or that, but like actually you know forget what people may think or what may they may say, but like genuinely focus on having one on one, like sit down and talk to him or or talk to others and help you grow that grow your faith and and believe in, in, in his trust and his grace, whatever you call it. And yeah. And that's why I, uh, hey, Jesus loves you guys didn't know. Amen. <laughs> I love it. Wait, right, show it one more time. Well, I, I had it on the, it show it one more time. There it is. There it is. Love if it. you didn't know. I love it. I love it. Um, what can you, uh, touch on? Like, was there like a specific, you no know, lesson or message? Um, that really stood out to you during your time um, in FCA? Um, I, I wouldn't say specific message. Mm -hmm. I would say more like an experience that I had. Um, and, and Prof, you'd, you know, you'll understand this, where I'm coming from. Like when mm -hmm. in college, I, you know, it's kind of a, a, a roller coaster of, of emotions and, and stuff right. that happened to me. Uh, my to touch on at surface level, my first two years were really good. Everything was going well. And then my junior year, my third year, I, I had surgery on my shoulder um, and it, it threw a giant curveball at me. Like I just didn't know what was going on. Um, didn't understand why, was questioning a lot, doubting a lot. And so that's kind of when I like, not, I don't want to say I, I struggled in my faith, but I, I started to question and I started to like mm -hmm. really Right, like get into it like why why this why that why whatever and then through sta and through a lot of really cool people really good people like prof and like um people that i was exposed to every day 
I was reminded that, you know, there is a greater plan. There is, you know, I know the plans I have to prosper you, to bring you joy and, and not, you know, whatever, right? Like those stuff like that, that truly have affected me and, and taught me these life lessons that I take with me now. And like, I understand that just because it's not how I want it to go, right. that it's, it's, it's a, there's a greater plan. So I think not in the, to answer your question, not really one specific passage or verse. Um, well, I guess there, there are a few, um, but that experience of going, going through that mentally, mm -hmm. physically, obviously having surgery, but mentally, right. uh, and then spiritually in my faith was, was something that, um, kind of had kind of threw me, kind of helped me hone, hone into my faith and understand the importance of it. Um, and gotcha. obviously a lot of really good conversation and, and some valuable lessons and, and yes, there were some teachings and stuff that, that had helped. And if you want, I can dive into those, but. Yeah, absolutely. So like, what was the, I guess more so, so you were injured and these were some serious injuries um, that, you know, were kind of threatening your career um, to an extent. What was like the mindset shift that you had to have? Because of course, like you got hurt, came back and then you got hurt again. So like that, that's, I can definitely from a person that's probably been healthy, you know, his whole baseball career. And now you're at like, you know, the peak of your athleticism in college doing really well. Like what was the mindset shift that you had to have going from, okay, I was doing really well to like now, like how did you persevere through that? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think the, um, the biggest thing that I like, the mindset change that came along with it was that it's not just about me. Um, I would place a lot of like, I have to do well, I have to do this. And like, I would disguise it as like, if I'm doing well, I'm helping the team out. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I didn't feel like I was being selfish in it at all. And I don't think anybody that played with me would say that I was, but I know deep down now looking in retrospect that I was. Right. Um, so I think after I got hurt, I started to take more of like a personal relationship with people on the team and kind of honed in on my leadership role. Right, right now, I wasn't, I didn't really have anything to do on the field. And I was kind of like behind the scenes in the dugout. Like I would sing spot every inning and like just sit there and watch. And if anybody had any questions to ask me, I I would give you an answer because I was watching every single bat, every single pitch, everything, everything. Right. And now I would put more focus on making sure I was helping others grow. Right. And that's obviously physically on the field and like their performance, but I would have a lot of really good conversations. And I think to this day, I still have conversations with people that like tell me that the way that I carried myself that year really inspired them and motivated them. And I got a text not too long ago from somebody that's on the team um, saying that because of all that, he kind of got into the faith now. Um, and he's kind of not into it. it, but like really honed in on it, really got yeah. like more serious about it. And that, that's, you know, that's what it's all about, right? Like the stuff I did on the field was cool and all, but like nothing that's what, compares to that's what being matters. able to yeah. do something. Look at you yeah, being exactly. used. No, I love so, it. I love it. you know, that's that's the the really that's like what motivates me, what keeps me keeps me on track, I guess, that that sort of thing. No, I love it, man, because like I can definitely there was people on the team that, you know, would have never have, you know, even gone to church or any sort of event that we may have had that just because we were really cool with them they would come to some things or maybe they'd come to church with us or at least try it out or they'd ask questions. And um, we always had good conversations, especially in the outfield. So yeah. like it was the impact that you could have beyond the your actual impact on the field 
that's what I really think was, you know, left, especially on for me as a as a player at North Georgia and as an athlete, because that's something that people will always have is, you know, the experience that you left with them and how you treated them. And so I think that's that's a big part of being a Christian as well. And I really learned that my sophomore year because coming off my freshman year, I played pretty much every game. And then right. after that, it I wasn't really playing that much, like my sophomore year. Like, you know, that was your freshman year where we had that big run. Um, and so at first I was like, man, like this sucks. Like, And then I was like, I mean, I can't pout about it though. And so right. I started, like you said, started trying to figure out, well, I mean, I'm here. I got to be here. There's no point in being, you know, mad about it or else you're just going to be miserable and make everybody around you miserable. And so what I do, I just started becoming, you know, the biggest support that I could be, right? And when I got my opportunities, I tried to make the most of them. And so that's when I really, you know, stepped into like a more leadership role, even though I wasn't playing, you know, um, I was always throwing the balls out to the people coming in, giving the balls. I was always making sure everybody was up in the dugout, no matter if we were, you know, down or if we were up big, making sure everybody was like, come on, let's like, we got to finish them off. We can't let them get back in this game. And so, and that was something that coach really um, actually, you know, gave me props for at the end of the year. He was like, yeah, you know, you didn't play that much, but I mean, you were like such a good, you know, supporter um, and crucial part of the team just because of, you know, your involvement and interaction with the guys. And so I think that's really important for people to get is even though you might not be in the role that you want to be or that you're aspiring to be, you got to make the best of the situation that you have. And at the end of the day, it's all about impacting people, right? Um, like we say all the time here, it's like we want to empower you to aim for higher purpose so that you, you can go out and you can make an impact in the world and you can help people, you know, overcome their curses. And so that was beautiful, man. I love it. Yes. Love it. you have anything to add, Ms. Kim? Oh, um, so guys, if someone's like, I want to be on y'all's level one day, like how can they start <laughs> and like what should they do? So what do you, <laughs> what do you mean by our level? Like, like faith, like faith wise. Oh, okay. Just like, okay. I'll let Andres answer first because I have a very, I have um, a very, okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think the biggest thing for me is you got to help yourself before you can help others. Um, if you're not in a good space, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be like 10 out of 10 perfect, but like if you're not in a good spot to be able to, you know, trust what you're saying, trust what you're doing and help others, then I don't think it's going to be fair to the other person, let alone yourself, to be able to to take from something that you don't have. Like I look at it like like a like this is like the base. This is where you have all your, for lack of a better term, this is where the the thing is like your your mentality, your your mm -hmm. faith origin. If you don't have from here to take to other people, you don't have enough. Then you're going to be left drained. You're not going to have be able to have the ability to go out and, and and impact people really. So I think first you have to focus on your relationship. Make sure you have that down packed. And then once you do that, you know, whether that's focusing on the word, like reading the Bible or like just having conversations with people that have, you know, a solid background or a solid base to work from um, or just go to church, whatever it is that, that works for you. Right. And then once you have built up 
a good relationship, a good foundation, then you can take from that and build to other people. Right. Kind of let them use you as like a stepping stone to 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 further their walk and, and get along their walk a little bit farther, I guess is a better word to say. I like it. I like it. Yeah, definitely. Like you, you always use like the cup analogy of like, if your cup's empty, you can't pour anything into other people. Right. right. And so like, you got to make sure that your cup is filled and only way for you, your cup to be filled is by, you know, doing, you know, the disciplines and principles of the faith, right. To where like you're praying, you're reading, you're in, in communion with God and he can, you know, start filling your cup. And as he fills your cup, then you can you know, pour into other people. So I love it. I love it. My answer is how, I guess, how can people get to our level? Cause I wouldn't say that we're at like, you know, this crazy level, right? I mean, I hope that we're inspiring people, but I mean, we're always looking to be better because, you know, every, every man falls short. And so I always use this analogy. It's like, it's the same way you build a mansion, right? It's like one brick at a time. And so you just, every single day, you just lay a brick, lay a couple bricks, you know, put down the mortar, um, just do something every single day to build your house. And then you'll look up one day and you'll be like, wow, it's done, it's done. Or, or better yet, when you get to heaven, then you'll inherit your mansion. Uh, that's, that's a better way to even look at it. Uh, if we're going yeah. along that metaphor. And so like, I mean, just every day, just build, you know, a small piece and add it to your faith. And it's the same, the same thing as compound interest, right? It's like, yeah, I put in a dollar here, a dollar here, a dollar here, and that just compounds over time. And you look up and 10, 20 years later, that $5 that you put in, those couple bricks that you laid are now just, you know, a huge house, a bunch of money. And so that's how you have to do it. And that's, that's how you build any skill um, is, you know, one brick at a time, just one thing at a time, day in, day out, um, just being very disciplined, being very diligent. And it does, it takes a lot of accountability going back to, you know, the first thing that we said, and it takes a lot of perseverance because there's going to be a lot of times when you're just like, you know, bump this, right? You know, I'm not feeling it. You know, there's going to be times like Andres when, when you're questioning like, man, like life, life's hard, right? But those are the times when, I mean, it's okay to question it, but it's also the times when you got to, you know, really dive deeper into it and you'll have that understanding of like why you're doing it and what you're doing it for and who you're doing it for. Right. Because ultimately it's not about you. Like you said, it's for the glory of God, bringing people to him. So. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. That's going to bring us to our, our fourth question. Kenny Mac, 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 what we got? How do you know what opportunities to pursue next? Oof. Um, great question. I, uh, there's a lot of opportunities that I do want to pursue. So this is a good question. Um, I think the best way, kind of digging on what we just talked about, is God will give you the sign. God will like push you or you know, kind of hold you back or put stuff in your way sometimes that may not let you accomplish those goals or reach those opportunities. Um, so just trusting the bigger picture. But I think I think everybody has like intuition, like that gut feeling that like 
I need to do this or I need not to do this, whether it's a big risk, little risk or anything in between. If you have the fire to desire inside of your heart, fire and desire, not like Drake or nothing, but if you have the fire <laughs> and desire in your heart to, to pursue something, I think it's it's very valuable for you to, to go past, like to go to that. Um, the worst thing that you can do in life is, is have regrets. And, and if you regret not doing something or not having something checked off the list, even if it didn't work out, even if it just failed and never jumped off, never took off, like I'd rather that happen than me never even tried it. Um, so that's kind of the mentality they have now every time a new opportunity comes up. Like I'd rather give it a shot. I'd rather try it out. And then at the end, if I, if I didn't succeed or if it didn't work out, at least I gained something. I gained experience. I gained knowledge. I gained, you know, even a relationship um, that I was something that I can build off eventually. And I know that that's, it's going it, to, the fruit of, of all that is going to, you know, prove to see, prove to be um, fulfilling later on. I like it. Yeah, for sure, man, because, um, I mean, when it comes to opportunities and stuff, you really just got to just go with, you know, what's what's in your path, right? So, like, if you're, if you're seeking out, like, something, first of all, first of all, let me back up a little bit. First of all, opportunities aren't just, I mean, some opportunities are put in your way, but if, you, if there's something that's kind of been tugging at you, go seek those opportunities. Even if you don't know how it's going to work out, if you're not looking for it, you can't see it, right? And so you got to kind of be on the hone down, like, yeah, all right, this is kind of what I want to do. And then you become aware of that as you're going through your life. And then you'll start to see when those opportunities open as opposed to, you know, just, oh, yeah, that's something I want to do. Right. And then it's kind of just in the back of your mind and maybe opportunity would have come open or was right in front of you, but you weren't aware of it. Like it wasn't you weren't really seeking it. And so you weren't able to, you know, respond to the opportunity that was actually going to be that was presented right there. You just didn't see it. So and I think to kind of to build off of that, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's okay. Uh, Okay. thanks. I think a lot of times we expect we we wait for the perfect timing of something mm, yeah. whenever it comes to a new opportunity, like, Oh, we had like, it's gotta be perfect. Like this that, and the other, I'll know when to do it. Um, but in reality that never comes. We're always waiting for something, but it, it the best time to do it is a present. Um, because everything, not everything is ever going to line up in order for you to be able to do something. So kind of like what you said, like sometimes it's not, we're not in the best frame of mind. We're not in this right. or that and the other, but some stuff are placed in our way and we have the opportunity to do it, but we are, too scared because of mental like blocks or mental things that we have, uh, mental images that we create. Sorry, um, right. it kind of block us away from from doing what we want to do, right? And that's gonna give us more opportunity later on, and it's kind of build our, our experiences, our and ultimately our, our mind and our, our engagement and our enthusiasm through life. I guess. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and like what you were saying about um sometimes it's like you're not seeking for it Mm -hmm. but um i think it also goes back to like fear sometimes Mm -hmm. like you could be seeking it and it could be right in front of you but you're not going for it because you're afraid or you have anxiety about it yeah it's like i'm not ready (laughs) it's like the fear of success sometimes it's like yeah but what if i'm actually good at this like what happens then and then i'll have all this responsibility and accountability back to that and you know, that sometimes you're crippled by, you know, what could be 
in a good sense. Um, what you are, what exactly you want, you're crippled by it. And so some people, you know, you know, purposely put themselves in a cycle of mediocrity. But um, I want to go back to what Andra said. Um, your your you know breakdown was reminded me of a quote um, that Sean Cannell says all the time, and he says the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. But the second time to the second best time to plant a tree is right now, which means like, all right, so you missed the best time to plant a tree 10 years ago, but you can you can plant one today. That's good. And if you plant one today, guess what? Back to building the brick or building the mansion, right? Now you're putting the bricks up. Now that tree's starting to grow. And before you know it, it's going to be 10 years down the road and it's going to be, you know, one of those great oaks or whatever the best tree is out there, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta be looking for those opportunities so that you can take advantage of them um, instead of, you know, being, and don't be crippled by it. Like Kenya was saying, don't be crippled by the thought of, you know, what could be, that's exactly what you want. So just go, go and get it, go and take care of it. Um, but yeah. Oh, and usually if you're scared of it, that means that's where you're supposed to go. For the most part. For the most part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. In that sense. In that yeah, sense, in that sense yeah, yeah. yeah. In that sense, if you're seeking something that, you know, is, you know, a good opportunity and that's, you know, something that's righteous. And, and something that you've value. been praying about. Yeah. Not, not, not just anything out there. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. There's going to be a little hesitation. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's good. We got one more question for you, Mr. Andres. Why have you made the decision not to be or get in a relationship? Mm. The hard-hitting questions you got today, huh? <laughs> I love it. Um, why have I? Well, I'm so I'm not currently in a relationship. Um, so my my answer is why not? Um, I think honestly, it's the fact that I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. I know that. Um, there's been a lot of experiences in my life that have um, made me think one way or the other. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm kind of in a spot right now that I want to be able to make sure all my, I'm, I'm at where I need to be, where I want to be. I'm kind of just focus on myself, right? There's nothing, I'm not necessarily opposed to it or like not looking or, or this or that and the other, but I'm not by any means desperate or like I need somebody right now. I may have the occasional like, where's my wife? Like, I need my wife today. Like, where is she? Like, I, you know, that always comes on, but like, I, that's always like from a, from a joking standpoint, right? Like I, I truly, I truly understand that when the right one comes, it's just going to come and it's going to happen. Right. And so I'm not necessarily stressed out about looking for her or like trusting that she will come, but you know, I'm, I'm just working on bettering myself and trusting that God's plan is how he is. And whenever that, that one comes, down my path and we collide that I'll be ready to I'll be ready to pursue that I love it I love it so that's why he's single ladies and gentlemen <laughs> or more specifically ladies now we do have a curveball for you um, I don't know no. if you've watched our podcast but we do have a segment called rapid fire so we okay. are going to uh, rapid fire some questions at you presented by Wartown Creative so. All right. Fan law or bench warmers? Say that first one. 
sand lot or bench warmers? Ooh, um, <laughs> see, I'm just a funny guy. I, I love comedy, so I'm gonna say bench warmers. Bench warmers, okay. <laughs> Ideal age to get married. Shoot, right now, I'm just kidding. Um, 26, <laughs> 27. Perfect date. Ooh, um, foodie, big foodie. So a great spot to go eat at, like okay. good food. Probably like a five course meal, not actually, but like a, you know, appetizer, nice things. And then I don't know. I like doing adventure stuff, going out or like doing something around the town, around the city, um, being outdoors and just like laughing, having a good time. Um, I don't, I like movies and I like going to movies, but I think that you kind of lack the personal touch of like communication and all that stuff. So food experience and a good time. Are soulmates real? Mm. Mm. Um, I'm going to say yes. Does family approval Do matter? Did you find it? No. Mm-mm. Not yet. Not okay. yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, go ahead. Okay. Ask it again. Does family approval matter? In terms of relationships? Yes. <laughs> yes, in terms uh, of relationships, not like, not the answer. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. Okay. All right. That is rapid fire, ladies. You and survived. Gentlemen. Did survive. You did survive. I, I think I said it wasn't as rapid as you guys intended it to be. <laughs> nah, I, yeah, it's all good. Oh, well, you should have saw one of the uh, Markwell and um, who was it? Markwell and uh, Dan. They just Markwell's. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he was frozen for like thirty seconds. Yeah, it was hilarious, but um. Yeah, man. So, uh, soulmates. Yeah, soulmates. <laughs> you think soulmates are real? I think they can be. Okay, that's All why right. I said yes. I so, in what? Yeah, and what? So, th- that's a better question. Like, in what capacity are soulmates? I think that two people can be very compatible and mm-hmm. very like similar, or maybe not even similar, but like very compatible for one another, mm-hmm. and everything aligns perfectly. Now there's a lot more that goes into it um, behind this. I don't even say behind the scenes, but there's a lot more that goes into it. It's just a surface level, like um, attributes or like similarities, passions, interests, beliefs, faith, all that stuff. Um, but I think those do play a big role and that's why I say yes. But I know that there's a lot of intangibles, a lot of, um, you know, just outside factors that are a big deal and, and do play a, a pretty big role in that. So, um, I guess that's my my answer. I guess that's the capacity in which I made, meant. I yeah. got you. I like it. I like it. So I mean, there could be more than one person that fits that, right? Yes. Okay. So yes. That's kind of what we're getting at, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of the yeah. one, because pe- some people are like, "There's only the." Oh, one are you saying there. like if there's only just one. the one? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> good, good. All right. No. Because yeah, some people no. are like. It's gotta be like this person, and if he doesn't have a tattoo of a tiger on his on his chest, then he's not the one. No. Even if he's got all the characteristics and checks everything off the box. Marry that first sight reference. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, yeah that's no, crazy. I'd, I'd have been married a long time ago. Oh wow! Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So yeah, man, Andres, thank you for coming on, man. This was a uh, this is a lot of fun. Um, we we had a quality time with you, brother. Um, just tell them where they can find you. 
Yes, quality time for sure. It was right here. My yep. yeah, you're right. right there. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Right there. That's 12 on this praise on Instagram. Um, I don't know what my Twitter is. I don't really use it that much. But <laughs> I'm currently, I might be opening up a new food tick, food uh, food account. So whenever that happens, you'll know where to see me. Uh, that's a that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to follow that because I know Damn. I know you love food. I, know I had he, I had Nigerian food for the first time last ooh. week, and I had Haitian food for the first time yesterday. So uh-huh. and I recorded it. So your boy, we're we're going places. I love you, you it. You gotta try Ethiopian food next. Oh, okay. some tips? Yes. I, I've, I've heard so much about it. I've never tried it, though. So, so good. I'm, I'm, that's nice. And there's a restaurant in Atlanta called Desta. You should go there. It's good. Oh, he's all over it. Now, <laughs> 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 invite me. Invite me. Or invite us when you go. Because oh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll Shoot, definitely come up for that. For sure. For sure. Man, this cool. has been fun. Kenya, where can they find you? Find me on IG. The Kenya Macintosh and on YouTube, Kenya Macintosh, period. Period. I'm Josh. Period, fool. Profit. You can find me at Prof Tips TV. That was not supposed to happen. There we go. You can find us and you can find quality on our Facebook page. Um, come join our Facebook group, man. Yes. It's lit in there. Uh, we got prompts going up all the time. Uh, we're having a good time. So come follow us.